What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Welcome inside Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, our second Major League Baseball no-hitter in five days, nearly a perfect game. We'll get into it this morning with Keyshawn Johnson and Bart Scott. I'm Zubin Mahenti, the habitual line stepper, stepping in for Jay. And Bart, we haven't gotten in trouble yet at 6.01. You still haven't gotten us in trouble, so I think we're, we're Gucci. <laughs> the, the morning is still young. It's great to have Bart here with us. Jay will be back next week as we get ready for the NFL draft, which, by the way, is two weeks from tonight. Get ready. we got plenty of football conversation on the way. But Key, sure I want to start. coming back next week? That's what I hear. That's what I hear. we got to give Jay a ton of credit, though. When we were both out, he was holding it down. So the ultimate assist yeah, man, our point guard, was, we got to give, we gotta give him his due. He's on maternity leave, though. <laughs> I, I thought his wife had the baby. I ain't, you know, <laughs> as far as I know, I didn't know, hey, hey, I didn't hey, know hey, he hey, could hey. have the baby. Jay got a babysit the other baby. You know what I'm <laughs> saying? Father of two. And there is no baby without both of them, so keep that in mind. Okay, just technically speaking. They have yeah, to work. but still, he, he though, have to man. work. Come on. He's taking a leave. Because, I, I get it. I understand it's part of the game, but he ain't going to never live that one down for me. I don't give a damn what nobody said. <laughs> I'm sure you'll remind him of it constantly when he returns. I think for the rest of time, you know, Carlos Rodon will be reminded of what happened last night. White Sox 8-0 over the Indians. This is five days after Joe Musgrove pitched the first no-hitter in Padres history. Think about this, fellas. Yeah, it's a no-hitter, but as you just heard there on the call from Len Casper, and I know this is one of the reasons, Key, you've often said during the commercial breaks, we talk about football 95% of the time, but you've often said to me, I love baseball. I love baseball. And if you're watching this yesterday, Key, he's got one out in the ninth, and then he hits Roberto Perez, but he hit him on an 0-2 slider. So you're a strike away (laughs) from being one out away from a perfect game. Perez said when he came to the dish, it was a cold night in Chicago last night. When he came to the dish, Mm -hmm. it was one of those things where Perez himself didn't realize it was a perfect game. He's in the box. He's like, I don't think the dude's given up a hit. And then he gets hit, and he's like, oh, that's the end of the perfect game. What a moment for a White Sox team that a lot of people had said was the trendy pick to have a great season and a great night for a guy key that they said in December of 2020, we're not offering you a deal. They offered him a one-year, $3 million contract later. One-year, $3 million, one night he'll always remember. Well, I think when you look at it, though, much like you said, it's one night that he'll always remember, but he's also in the record books with many, right? I mean, but this is an opportunity for him to kind of live that dream. I'm sure all the way since he was playing Little League Baseball, he's always wanted to not only have a perfect game, but also this no-hitter. I mean, you know, when you think about pitching, how many pitchers have gone through – through Major League Baseball in their careers to not even come close to what he was able to do last night. And the overwhelming majority. A majority of them. Overwhelming. That have won Cy Youngs and done tremendous things, but have not been able to walk off that mound in the, bottom, in the top of the ninth inning with their hands raised in the air, saying to themselves, oh my God, I can now be part of history this has happened. And imagine those last several pitches mm-hmm. when you know consciously in your mind, all I have to do is get this batter out. All I got to do is just get him out. <laughs> Keep the ball in the infield and get him out. 
It's like the perfect game for when you, when you bowling, right? You get to that 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 twelve uh, that twelve uh, what not any what is it twelve front twelve frame. You're mm-hmm. like, oh man, I just gotta. Oh uh, man, you get tight, you know. Maybe that's what happened on the slider too. But you know how impressive it is early in the season to be able to throw 114 pitches, mm-hmm. right? As we know right now, all these pitches are being protected, 70 pitches and anything like that. It's like one of those days when you talk to anybody that's ever thrown a no hitter, they talk about being in a groove, not really even understanding what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And then as you continue to, to to you know go progress, as you talk about, okay, well, ah. It gets tighter and tighter. Guys start reminding you. Then you see pitchers go sit in the corner in the, in the bullpen. They go sit in the corner by themselves as they try and stay in the zone. I mean, what a tremendous feat, you know, to immortalize yourself in that fashion. I know he, he wish he could have had a hit by pitch back. But, I mean, you talk about, you know, what a great feat that is and something that he'll always cherish. And you, you look at it, uh, Zubin, uh, sometimes, especially in this day and age in Major League Baseball, pitchers don't go – Nine, eight. They just really don't. Complete games are yeah. very rare. Yeah, you never mind no hitters. Complete you get games. a handful of them, right? right? And so it's tough for the manager to, to to make a decision of what's more important. What are we chasing here? Right. Are we chasing the pitch count? Or are we chasing a no hitter? Right. We're thinking or, about tomorrow taxing my bullpen. Uh, all all those sort of things right. are extremely important when you're calculating a pitcher. Um but I mean, you know, when you got the type of runs, I guess you're up 8-0 and, and they're not hitting, you're fanning them left and right, you're not getting the ball out of the infield, you you look at it, you continue to ask that guy, are you okay? Carlos, are you fine? Mm-hmm. Right? Can you go another? And then you'll, he'll get the, the real answer, and then at in the end, the manager makes the decision, keeps him in, and now he's in the record books. And Key's got his Dodgers sweatshirt on. I got a great Dodgers little stat for you, SportsCenter guy with the stat here in 11 seconds. But first, Rodon with SportsCenter Scott Van Pelt last night on losing perfection. Yeah, man, it's just one of those things. It wasn't meant to be. That was the pitch I wanted, slider back foot. I literally hit him on the top of the back foot. He just turned the page, and luckily we got the no-hitter done, and the rest is history, I guess. So how about this? It's the 20th no-hitter in White Sox history. There's only one franchise in Major League Baseball history that is more than 20 no-hitters. Key, you want to take a guess who it is? Dodgers. Yeah, that's right. The Dodgers have 23 no-hitters. You know and I you want got to the mention- Dodger almanac. You know you got that. <laughs> I want to mention you're wearing your uh, Dodgers uh, sweatshirt here today. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention, obviously today is Jackie Robinson Day uh, across Major League Baseball. There are 12 games in Major League Baseball today, so obviously 24 of the 30 are in action. But it's also notable, just to throw it out, that Jackie Robinson Day is going to be celebrated today, April 15th, and tomorrow, so the teams that aren't playing today will get a chance to participate. This is something we honor every single year, but this is one of the watershed moments in the history of sports. Breaking the color barrier in 1947. In 1947, Major League Baseball was the dominant sport in the country, and it wasn't even close. Absolutely. Branch Rickey, everybody that's involved in it, just want to give you an opportunity. You're you're rocking the Dodgers gear, but it's today and tomorrow, so 100% of baseball can celebrate the accomplishments of Jackie Robinson. Yeah, I mean, you think about it, the, the color barrier part of it, yes, that that is that is the important uh, piece of this. But the mindset of the individual to understand there's certain things that went on back then to be able to withstand the the racism, the bigotry, the disrespect, and still, no matter what, continue to push through. Um, you know, as a kid, all I knew basically was he was the first black baseball player. Mm-hmm. There was no real education behind that. Right. Our our schools didn't really they didn't really educate us on that. And and as you got older, you learned 
more and more about it, learn more about appreciating exactly what he stood for and what the meaning behind everything is. Yeah, we always talk about the first black player and all the, the breaking the barrier, all that. But it's so much more than just that. And I think that, you know, this day is special, but this day is just not this day. It lives on forever. Right. You Every go to any single day you yeah. celebrate this. 42 is retired in all ballparks. It's a thing when everybody says they want to wear 42 and put Robinson on the back of their jersey I think the for last, one day. Who's the last, uh, 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 what's the picture? Mariano, Mariano Rivera. Rivera. Yep. Was he the last Correct. 42? Yeah, he was grandfathered in. We actually discussed that a little bit earlier in the week. But any ballpark, you know, I used to live in Denver. You got 42s out there in the yeah, outfield yeah. every single day. So that's something notable to keep in mind. So Jackie Robinson, Dan, also a shout-out to – I'm a historical guy. Shout-out to Larry Doby. He doesn't get the credit that Jackie Robinson deserves, but he also broke the color barrier in a big-time way. Doesn't get nearly the attention. Just wanted to mention that. So great start here, great night for Rodon. NFL talk on the way. Here we go. So Cleveland may have been shut out in Chicago last night, as in – getting not one hit, but they did pick up another number one overall draft pick. We'll get into that. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus... Their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Last year, it already seemed like the Browns were a great team. Remember, they've never won the division by far their best performance since returning to the NFL in 1999, divisional round. Keys clapping. If I'm a Browns fan, I'm doing more than that. Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin barred in for Jay Williams. Fellas, let's get right into it. It's pretty rare for a team to have two first overall picks on a roster. The Browns now have three. They got Miles Garrett. They got Baker Mayfield. And now they have Jadavion Clowney. Clowney signing yesterday. Our Diana Rossini, you heard her there, just coming back from the commercial break. She was on the show a couple of days ago, and she said, watch for it. It's percolating. Key, though, this is going to be Clowney's fourth team in four years. Houston, Seattle, Tennessee, now Cleveland. Let's hear from Clowney on his sky-high, literally and figuratively, expectations. I still can dominate this league. I know that. But if I ever reach that my max potential of getting back there like I feel now. And this, man, they say the sky's the limit, but it's, it's probably higher than that. <laughs> they got a great team. They're definitely on winning team. You saw they won 12 games last year, right? More than what my team I played for won last year, I think. <laughs> really? Really? <laughs> oh, Shots so fired, funny. right? Shots fired. I think this is going to be great for them, though, uh, Zubin. I think when you think about it, Jadavion Clowney, the Browns wanted him before he signed with Tennessee. They wanted to give him a, a, a multi-year deal, but for whatever reason, he wanted to go back with Rabel, who was his defensive coordinator at the Houston Texans. So he thought he could get back to that all-pro, Pro Bowl type uh, player, but he didn't. 
Uh, as Bart reminded me, he only played a handful of games for him last year. He missed half the season because he had something wrong with his knee. If he can stay healthy, this gives them two guys on the edge that is going to give left and right tackles a nightmare. Defensive uh, 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 offense coordinators are going to have to figure out how to block these two guys. Now, look, you, you look at the production statistically and you say to yourself, for a guy who was a number one overall pick statistically, mm-hmm. stat-wise, sack-wise, he hasn't given you what you thought he was going to give you because he just hasn't gotten there. And that's okay. It doesn't mean that he's a bust. doesn't mean he's not a good football player. It just means that he hasn't given you what you thought you were going to get. He still gets the quarterback off his spot and his mark. And, you know, that, that's important. Harassing the quarterback is important. Making him push the pocket, as Bart knows, is important. Holding on to the football longer is important. He's one or two steps away from getting sacks, and that's been pretty much the way it is been throughout his entire career. He forces the run. He plays the run game. He's not a slouch. He just isn't that guy that's going to give you double-digit sacks every single year. Well, he talks about, hey, man, like this team went farther than my team. Well, that was partly his fault, right, because he wasn't available. And that's been the, the knock on him, his durability. He came off of that microfactor surgery, and it's something that's always scary. So people are rent him. They'll treat him like a rental car. They'll bring him in, give him a incentive-based you know, lace contract, but they won't buy it. They won't buy the car, and they don't buy it because they can't trust him. The best ability is availability. Now, what he can be if he's at his best you know, is a great, you know, edge setter as well because that's this is a team that struggled in stopping a run. But you think about pairing him with Miles Garrett, you got Sheldon Richardson in the inside. So now it allows you to be able to try and help this secondary by not being able to have to blitz to try and get pressure on the quarterback. But he has to be healthy, and you will see how he fits in within this scheme. I always thought the best he ever was is was in a 3-4 where he was able to be moved around, play the five technique, use his athleticism and quickness inside on, 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 on certain dots downs when he can slide inside but he's going to be out there and he's going to have an opportunity to kind of prove himself he's only 28 years old and let's see if if he if he is successful if the Browns want to give him a multi-year contract the, the last time that I could think two number one overall picks were on the same defensive line I believe was big daddy Dan Wilkerson and Bruce Smith of the uh, Washington Redskins at the time, which is now the Washington football team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's the, that's the only two guys that I can think of. I'm sitting here in my head trying to think of two number one overall picks but, that have, you know. But usually when you have two overall picks, one of them has been a disappointment. And that's usually the case. And Clowney has been good, but he's been a disappointment. You think about, you know, he came out with Khalil Mack, right? It was between him and Khalil Mack. Khalil Mack has had the greater career. You know, he's had the more dominant career. He got off to a slow start, but he played with great players before. You know, so he played with great players in J.J. Watt, and he was able to produce. But let's see if he can you know, do it in the second half of his career because I feel, I feel like maybe Clowney's best days are behind him because even though he's 28, you know, every time I hear these you know, knee injuries, you understand, like we remember Stoudemire had that microfracture surgery. You know, it's not a lot of people that's you know, built for longevity when you have microfracture surgery. I believe he had it like in his second year of his career. Now, is it a great name to add to the defense? Yes, but I don't know how much of an upgrade he is over Olivier Vernon who struggled with being healthy as well you know it all just depends on the eye of the beholder right I think when you look at Clowney he's judged based on being the number one overall pick and people you know they can't get it out of their mind they can't get the the Michigan hit in the backfield out of their mind they're waiting for that splash play play. but they're waiting for that and in his career he hasn't really given you that 
And I think, you know, his departure in Houston, the way it ended and him being moved to Seattle and Seattle not giving him a long-term deal. So it's all those sort of things where sometimes players can overplay their hands as well. You think you're one thing when the NFL thinks you're another. And that's sometimes getting away. You think you're a $20 million uh, uh, defensive end when you're probably a $15 million defensive end. And then you let it get in the way and then you become a $10 million defensive end. Because you just, in your mind, your ego won't allow you to say, you know what, I'm really this type of player. I'm really not this. And it gets in the way. And so people automatically see that and they form their opinions about you and it lives with you for the rest of your career. There's no question about it. A couple of things here, of course, we are presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests on the Goodyear Hotline, including Aaron Goldhammer from our affiliate ESPN 850 in Cleveland. How is this playing in Cleveland? We'll talk about that with him in about 24 minutes from now. Last thing I would say, to Bart's point, availability and durability, only once in Clowney's career has he started and played all 16 games. And to Key's point, he has never, never, and this is where Key's bringing up the whole first overall pick aura, never once had a double-digit sack season. Yeah. Never once. That's a long That's a He's been in the league club, since 2014. Right? Number one? You number one, right? You I understand mean, the pressure? The pressure when you're number one. I wasn't worried about no damn pressure. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm just saying the pressure that's put on the number one guy is to be the best in that draft class. Yeah. He's not. No, no. No, he's not. But he's got a fresh start with a team that really maybe could use him to get over the top. On the way, speaking of getting over the top, whoever drafts Mac Jones probably feels like Mac will eventually Ooh. get him over the top. Mac Jones, remember him? The Alabama oh, quarterback? Mac Jones. <laughs> and the best endorsement he got came from a Heisman Trophy winner you might not expect. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Subin, the podcast. Whenever that chime, it's like, Key just like, oh, when I hear that NFL draft chime, you're like, oh, Something big's about it's to happen. It's time to go, man. It's time to get up and get your suit ready and start buttoning, putting it together. When you hear that chime, two weeks from tonight. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, I mean, I get it. We you all played, can't be first overall. But team. you played in the league, so it doesn't really matter. Bart. I hear it and I cry because I know I ain't getting called. <laughs> so what? You, okay, so let me ask you this before we move on. 
Did you play in the National Football League? I did. Did others that get drafted before you have lesser careers in the National Football League than you? Trizzle. Okay, so let's move on. Well, think about it. Southern Cal, Southern Illinois, your climb, right? Your story is a great story. Yeah, it's like he, he's the, the glitz and glamour. He's Mr. Hollywood. And oh, I'm, stop. You know what I'm saying? Don't I'm, sit I'm, in I'm Rocky, I'm Rocky, there. I'm Rocky Bell boy. <laughs> you still were, were able to wear the logo. That is true. That is true. Okay, okay. you still have but, but, one of the most famous quotes of all of postseason. But I'm just saying. Can't wait. I'm just saying. We just, we just show the dynamics. You know what I mean? The, the extreme. Like, you know, the different paths, right? You're at one spectrum. I'm at, the, at, at another. You know, you came in. You had the glitz and glamour, but you had the expectations. Yeah, I had no expectations. Nobody expected anything from me. That's what I love about that week, what it represents. It's the guys that do, don't get drafted, you know, that, you know, the London Fletchers of the world. Yeah. You know, guys that kind of that are built, not born. You know what I mean? So but the speak. league is not made up of first-round picks anyway. I mean, the league is made up of guys like yourself or London Fletcher or Tom Brady's mid-round guys. That's what the league is made up of. Everybody thinks that the league is made up of all first-round picks, and that's not true. Not true at all. Really? I mean, when you look at teams and you go down the roster, you look at the 11 on each side of the ball, how many of those dudes are actually starting for those teams that were drafted in the first and the second round? It's like few. Few. Mm-hmm. Few. And the ones that do start are almost like forced to because of where they were drafted. Yeah. Indeed. It's time for Straight Talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. You heard Mike Greenberg say just moments ago, Mac Jones is the riser in this draft. <laughs> just a matter of when will Greeny call his name when he hosts the draft? When will they talk about it? Third? Somewhere else? Lou Riddick on Get Up with Greeny earlier this week. There's been a lot of talk about Mac Jones and rising, a lot of talk about Mac Jones being a system guy. Everybody's got an opinion. Lou weighing in with the opinion of the folks that matter the most. And listen to this. Some very, very, very smart quarterback tutors and former offensive coordinators who coached at a very high level in the NFL have told me they believe Mac Jones is the best quarterback in this draft. Not just one that needs to be in the mix or that deserves to be in the mix outside of Zach Wilson and Trevor Lawrence, but they believe as though ultimately he's the best quarterback. Straight talk, wireless, no contract, no compromise. Key, I'll double down. The Miami Herald reporting in February that when teams were running through the Senior Bowl, they talked to Devonta Smith, the Heisman Trophy winner, who's been around, caught passes from a couple different Alabama quarterbacks, if not more, and they simply said to him, one team, as the Miami Herald reports, would you rather catch a ball from Tua or Mac Jones? And he said almost immediately, definitively, no question about it, Mac Jones. Where is all of this coming from? You are certainly not on this train. Yeah, just because he says that he'd rather catch passes from Mac Jones versus Tua doesn't mean that he thinks Mac Jones is the better quarterback. It could have something to do with the rotation of the football from a left-hand quarterback, from a right-hand quarterback. Like, I hate left-hand quarterbacks. I've never had one in a game, only in practice, Mm -hmm. and I hate – it was the worst thing ever. Mm. So you just don't know where his mindset is coming from when he says that. So I don't want to get on this – he doesn't like Tua versus Mac type situation. Um, I'm not when – I, when I look at Mac Jones, he's been very productive in the years that he – at the time that he's played at Alabama. But I also am smart enough to know that Steve Sarkeesian, Lane Kiffin, systems, very similar in how they think and process information – from an offensive standpoint, to deliver it and take advantage of defenses. Mm -hmm. Whether it's getting guys in open space, where I know as an offensive player, 
and a football player that that's not a route. That's deceit. That a guy comes in motion, he goes across the formation, he comes back across the formation, the defender gets caught in the wash, the guy runs up the sideline wide open, Mac Jones delivers the football, and everybody goes, wow, what a great throw. That's not an NFL throw. That's deceit. I've watched it throughout the years. I go back to USC when we had all the great quarterbacks these guys coached. They didn't coach Carson Palmer. Carson Palmer was not coached by those guys. Norm Child was the offensive coordinator for, and Paul Hackett, believe it or not, was the, the, the guys that got Carson Palmer ready for the NFL. They coached the likes of Matt Barkley's and Matt Leinert's and, and John David Booty's and, and, and Mark Sanchez's. They had their hands in all of that. Those guys were ultraly successful in college football, statistically. They look like, okay. Then they go to Alabama and you look at some of the quarterbacks that they've had at Alabama and the numbers that they put up and the receivers running wide open and doing some things. Will it transfer to the National Football League is the the key. That's the question. It's not about running wide open and delivering a football. I need you to be able to throw a bang eight in rhythm, a skinny post in rhythm. Troy Aikman, Michael Irvin, inside, outside edge of the numbers, hit the back foot, let it rip. Can Mac Jones do those things? I know Mm -hmm. people, oh, he's smart. All quarterbacks are smart, man. All of them. Because if they wasn't smart, they wouldn't be playing the position. Processing and all that. They would not be playing the position. So when you look at it, can he throw the 18-yard dig on third and 15 where a guy can catch it in front of him and get the extra three yards? Can he do that? Can, Can he do contested throws when you have a defender on the outside and he's able to just slightly put the ball where only his guy can catch it? Those are NFL throws. And I understand what Lewis Riddick is saying. The, co- the, the, the quarterback gurus of the world see this and they say he's the best guy. I, San Francisco didn't go up to get him at three. I'm just being honest with you. They didn't go up to get him at three. <laughs> I mean, listen, I want to know if he can perform in a dirty pocket, right? Because you know, there's a lot of clean pockets when you're on the best football team in all the land. You know, I was talking, we, we had um, on my show, we had uh, Ryan Clark. And we're just talking about just how good is Mac Jones. Well, he wasn't good enough to beat out Jalen Hurts. He wasn't good enough to beat out Tua Tagovailoa. So, really, when you talk about how those guys are transferred to the NFL, they haven't let the league on fire. You're going to move up and take this dude third overall. And you look at when when they say, when I'm listening to Lewis, um, you know, his, his interview and what in his statement, he says, former OCs. That means those are the guys that got fired. So, <laughs> Mac Jones is just good enough to get you fired, too, if you are wrong. So especially if you're San Francisco and you move up to get um, you know, get they him third move overall. move up to get him, man. Somebody's going to fall for the banana and tailpipe. And it's ironic to me. You talk about Mac Jones going to be the big riser. It seems like whoever's going to be the riser is whoever plays in the senior bowl, right? You play in the senior bowl. You get to meet somebody and be personable. You get to be whoever you're supposed to be for that week. And what happens? The chatter starts. Oh, man, he's a lot better than we thought. 
right? Well, you know, that you can lie to people. Like in this league, like you can lie to people for a long time. And then you get you get exposed, right? You get exposed for who you, you really are. But the senior bowl is a perfect way for you to lie to the league when you're around people, they see you practice. All you gotta do is have a couple good practices, right? You're playing against guys that never played defense with each other. You're they're learning a new system and you're able to play at a high level, you can lie. So it's ironic to me that the big riders of all in recent you know, draft history has been picked people who participate in the senior bowl. Look, when I when I look at Mac Jones, to me, he's a glorified and I, and I may be wrong. Great man. I may be no, no AJ McCarron. AJ McCarron. AJ McCarron. I think he AJ McCarron was a fine college quarterback. One of the all time great quarterbacks in college football. Couple rings, yeah. Couple rings, numbers, throwing the ball all over the lot, just looked great. Had an opportunity to maybe go from Cincinnati to Cleveland, although the fax machine didn't work or something like that, so it screwed yes. his it screwed his opportunity up. <laughs> but big, tall, gravy boot type guy that can't get out of his own way. In the National Football League nowadays, there's still room for that guy. But if you look around the landscape at these quarterbacks of the starters, outside terrific Tom, everybody can move, man. Yeah. Josh Allen is a giant. He moves like an itty bitty, which is a little re- a little uh quarterback. Mm-hmm. Russell Wilson can move. You know, Stafford can move. Even though Stafford is older, he can move. Jameis Winston is, can move out of the way. Teddy Bridgewater can move. Sam Darnold can move. I can go on and on and on. This guy is standing still. And dudes like that with big necks, yeah, man. they looking to come get I'm you. I'm hunting. I'm hunting. And it's, it's just, you know, and I like San Francisco, and I like Kyle Shanahan. I think when you start to look, and I, I said this yesterday, you look at what fits in their system, I don't necessarily know that Mac Jones fits in their system for what they like to do. They like to move their quarterback and get him going. And, and not necessarily running the ball, but moving off the spot to yep. buy time, I don't know that that's Mac Jones. Now, he may go on and be Tom Brady and Peyton Manning and everybody else, but I just don't see where a team is trading way up to three and yeah. giving up all those first-round picks to go get a guy that could fall in his, their lap well, a few picks later. Well, who do, you, who do you think that teams will move up there to get? So who, who are we anticipating they're moving up to get then? If they if moved it up was to me, get somebody. I would think – I would think it would be one of the either Fields or or uh, what's the kid from I don't, Lance Lance either Trey Lance or, or Justin Fields would be my thought process yeah. if they're going quarterback. See, I didn't think they would have to move up for Trey Lance. I think Trey Lance is only a guy who can probably go to a team that has a starter, and he's going to need a year or two to develop. So I, I look at San Francisco, yes, but I, I don't think they would have had to move up that high to get him, right? Because I think that you know they could have got him probably you at 12. Of, you got to get in front of somebody, though. Yeah, but I thought they could have maybe got him at 12, right? Because I don't think that, that Denver is saying, hey, I'll take him. I don't think that – you know, because they don't have a quarterback in place that can start and still try and win. You know, now, this is what I don't understand about the whole narrative. If, if Kyle Shanahan is supposed to be the quarterback whisperer, right? Like, why would, you, why, why, would, why would you take somebody that's already pretty much at the top of his potential? You know, you know, Mac Jones is the most ready-to-start uh, quarterback in this draft. 
You know, so that he has the higher floor than anybody, but he doesn't have the highest ceiling. So if I'm a guy that thinks I'm a quarterback whisperer, it's about being able to develop a quarterback, take somebody that's raw, like to me, feels like a Trey Lance, and be able to try and elevate them to superstar status. I just don't see superstar status in Mac, in Mac Jones. If I'm picking somebody third, I don't want to be picking third ever again for the next 15 years. And if you have a franchise quarterback, a quarterback that can be a force multiplier, as Tannenbaum would say, then I need to go get somebody that got that it factor, that got the potential superstar potential. I don't need somebody that's just a good guy. If we were drafting right now, how many of us would line up and say, hey, I want to draft um, Matt Ryan? Or how many of us before we were picking our fantasy team? <laughs> well, what I'm saying is you wouldn't take Matt Ryan in, in today's current current climate, right? Because he is limited. Yeah, he threw for 4,500 yards. Matt Ryan, Matt okay, Ryan, okay. Matt Ryan been okay. cooking in the league for yeah, a yeah. long time, okay. man. I'm talking, about with the current, I'm talking about with the current quarterbacks in the league right now. Like, where, when are we getting to Matt Ryan? Matt, Matt, Matt Ryan, I watched Matt Ryan. I scouted Matt Ryan coming out of Boston College. Yeah. Matt Ryan. MVP. Was a, was a different. He was, a di- he was, he was yeah. different than. You can see what Matt Ryan was coming out of Boston College. Yes. Versus Mac Jones coming out of Alabama. Yeah. He's a, he, he is a better quarterback. Right. Even though he didn't win a national title and all that other. He's a better quarterback yeah. by far. Then Mac Jones coming yeah. out of Alabama. But, but, but what my, my point is, the game has changed. So if we're picking out of all the quarter, current quarterbacks in the league right now, before we get to Kirk Cousins, before we get to Matt Ryan, we're going to go with Mahomes. We're going to go Watson. We're going to go a lot of mobile quarterbacks. That's what I'm saying. And, and if, I'm, if I'm Kyle Shanahan, I finally want to put the evolution to my offense. I need a quarterback that can hold the backside defensive end and the backside linebacker because they are a legitimate threat to keep it and pull the ball and expose you in space. I don't think Matt Jones can do that. I think a guy like Fields can, right? Somebody who has the ability to change the angles at the four four forty allows as a linebacker, I gotta respect that. Well, see, Bart, I don't know what Shanahan wants to do with his offense. You you could hold the backside linebacker with anybody. You don't necessarily have to have somebody pull it and run it. All I need is the action. Once I get the action and get that dude frozen, uh, I can freezing. do whatever I huh? I'm not freezing. Yeah, but you're going to even though you say you're not freezing. That's okay. You don't have to freeze because I might not keep it. And if I don't keep it, you got. So I don't know what Kyle Shanahan is going to do. Doesn't mean that Kyle Shanahan doesn't, that doesn't like Mac Jones. It's just hard for me to believe that you climbing up there to go get him. Yeah. Like, like, it doesn't make yeah. sense to it, me. They are, man. That's a fireball fence if he doesn't work no, out. Like, well, I mean, if it doesn't work out, yeah. But it's just hard for me to believe that they would spend all that capital to go get him. He may work fine in their offense. He may do wonders. It's just a lot to go get a guy that I think has a lot of reservation about what he truly is going to be on Sundays. Okay, much more talk about the number one pick, Trevor Lawrence, the two pick, the three, but we got to talk about another former number one overall pick. Ev, scroll up. I'll just mention something from our friends at Sherman-Williams here before we bring in Aaron Goldhammer from ESPN 850 in Cleveland. The NFL Draft Preview the fellas just had brought to you by Sherman-Williams. Bring your team colors home with Sherman-Williams, that number one overall pick we're talking about, and his new city, Jadavion Clowney. They went to the divisional round last year, by far their best performance since the Browns returned to the NFL in 1999. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin, presented by Progressive Insurance. Aaron Goldhammer, ESPN 850, joins us. On the Goodyear hotline, 
our great affiliate out there in Cleveland. So first things first, uh, don't worry, I'm not going to kill you here. I'm being on the bad end of the no-hitter. We just want to go positive. Um, this does what? I mean, does this put them over the top? I mean, look, what does this addition do for a team that's already ascending? Zubin, by mentioning it, you already killed me for sorry, being sorry. on the bad end of the no-hitter. Um, I, I think this, guys, there's a difference between the expectations for the Browns overall this year, which is that they win their division and potentially make it to their first, first Super Bowl ever, um, and the expectations for Jadeveon Clowney. I, I think Browns fans are pretty smart about this, which is it's a no-risk, high-reward signing. Okay, it's a guy who's really talented and probably hasn't maximized his NFL potential. He's never had double-digit sacks in a season. You put him on a defensive line where he's not being counted on to be the guy. That's Miles Garrett who's playing opposite him. Uh, And who knows? But it's also a guy who has had injury problems throughout his career, and that could happen. He had zero sacks last year in Tennessee. And I know people say he's good against the run. He gets pressure on the quarterback even if he doesn't get there. If he's an elite pass rusher, he gets at least one sack last year in eight games. Um, So I don't think anybody's thinking that Clowney is going to be an all-pro, but I think it's another piece to the puzzle that the Browns add on a much-improved defense for a team that now is expected to be one of the most talented in the NFL this year. Aaron, they finally got their guy, right? They, They went after him last year. It didn't work out. He goes to Tennessee. What factored into them making a second run at him? I think they just had a number, and they weren't willing to go over that number, and he wanted to test the market, and he realized that really no one else was in the market for Jadeveon Clowney the way the Cleveland Browns were, and so that's why he came back to Cleveland. I think one of the reasons the excitement for this signing is a little bit tempered is because this is multiple years, Key, that now the Browns have chased Jadeveon Clowney and they finally (laughs) got him. And people in Cleveland like to be wanted, you know. They like someone who's, you know, grown up wanting to play for the Cleveland Browns. Uh, But it also proves, I think, that the Browns are in a much different place now than they were a year ago. Uh, It used to be that the perception of them was that this is football Siberia, and now they're seen as a desirable destination um, for some free agents. If J.J. Watt had signed here, there would have been a socially distanced parade down Euclid Avenue. Uh, Jadavion Clowney, I think, is a little bit more measured. Now tell me this. Like you, you, you mentioned you know, that the expectations have changed in, in Cleveland. Of course, being a former Baltimore Raven, there used to be a perception about what Cleveland was. But what I want to sure. say is, do you guys? how sure are you guys – that you um, that you have found your guy in Baker Mayfield, and if so, when is the extension coming? Yeah, so you know, I, I think the fans are pretty darn sure. Uh, Baker Mayfield finished the regular season twenty touchdowns and two interceptions. He got a lot better as the year went on, and a lot of that has to do with situation, right? He was playing behind one of the best offensive lines in the NFL. Uh, and for a really good coach who is the coach of the year in the NFL. And putting him in that situation makes a massive, massive difference. The one thing they've got to do now, the next step they've got to take, is incorporating Odell into this mix because Mm -hmm. Baker and Odell really have never played great together. Um, But Baker's going to be the long-term quarterback of the Browns. You know, the you don't take this team, win a playoff game for the first time in a generation for the Browns not to pick up his fifth-year option. I mean, that's a formality. 
Uh, and the question now is if they're going to sign him to a long-term extension yes. this offseason or they'll wait. If I was them, I would wait. I don't think there's a reason to rush into paying a guy. That means I think you don't Carson believe. Wentz, Aaron, Jared Aaron, Goff, Aaron or, that means you yep. don't believe. If you're, if, listen, if you identify and believe that he's the really guy, not the guy from the second year and the first year, then you pay him now because the price tag is only going up after this year. The average is only going up. So if you pay him now, you get a bit of a discount because we know when Josh Allen gets paid – when Lamar Jackson gets paid, and if Baker sure. gets you to those same points, you're going to pay maybe an extra 10% on top. So I guess what I'm asking you is, are they in contract negotiations, or do they truly believe that he's a guy, or do they believe that they put the best roster potentially in football from an offensive standpoint in front of them, and he benefited from that? And Aaron, we got like 30 seconds. Oh. Yeah, uh, he's the guy for now. Um, and, you know, I think that the fans and the organization and everybody is behind him. But I think that Goff and Wentz are cautionary tales. And you better be darn sure when you pay that quarterback that he really is the guy you want for 10 years. Otherwise, you end up in salary cap hell with a mediocre quarterback. That uh, parade down Euclid Avenue might be coming with the way this team is ascending. Never mind J.J. Watt. They continue to move in this direction. It's one of the best stories in the NFL to keep an eye on as the Browns, like you said, a team that people were running from now bringing in player after player after player. Aaron, thanks for joining us this morning. Really appreciate it. All right, Aaron. Thanks, guys. On the way, what NFL head coach is facing the most pressure this season? He's going to tell you it's a Super Bowl champion, and you'll never guess who. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. You can hear the show live weekdays at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, or wherever you stream your audio. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.